Hello everyone, you are listening to SS Picks, the broadcast for the seven minds. In this edition of the podcast, we'll be listening to a recorded session from Accra Social Media Week, held at the Accra Mall. I wasn't prepared for this recording session, so bear with me with sound quality. Now let's have it.
Nice one. Anyone? Can I get a lady? I'll pick someone. Like. <laughs> no? Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. To, to the outside world. Yes, yes. Nice, nice, nice. That's really good. Guys, Sydney, do you mind if I, if I ask them if they believe that they are exposed by virtue? Because I get the feedback that some things you put out, so that's more like what you do, mm -hmm. um, let's say on a platform like Facebook or something. But do you believe that as you're sitting here right now, you are exposed? Let's do a show by hand. All those who say I, just put Very close hand up. Yeah, just, do you yeah. believe that as you are sitting here today, you are exposed? Uh, yes, in regards to your privacy online, do you believe that you are exposed? You believe anybody believes that? Two. Okay. okay. Two. Reverse the Should I reverse the question? Do you, so you, you you think that as you sit here today, nobody can 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 look you up, can check you, um, get data points around you? No. You don't think so. I don't think so. You think so? You so think there's so. more. There's more people who are. So doing you believe it. you are exposed. That's the point. Yes. So you okay. think you are exposed. Okay. Nice, nice. So you know, I am asking because uh, just by having a mobile phone. How many of you have a mobile phone? Mm -hmm. okay, Everyone. So everybody here has a mobile phone. So even with a mobile phone number, you are exposed. And I'm saying you are exposed because it's not because somebody can hack the mm -hmm. network, mm -hmm. but today I know people who can sit in India and generate phone numbers from a particular location. A gentleman walked to a crown mall, showed me a device, that's like a year ago. That can take the phone numbers and basically he, can, he catches within a, a, a radius, I think about a hundred meter uh, radius, he catches all the phone numbers within wow. so it just was piling on the laptop like that. And I said, Okay, you know that this is a this is a this is a dangerous device. And he says yes. Very good for dating. But that's the kind of exposure that I mean. It's so it can be exp when I say exposure, it doesn't mean exposure that actually puts you at because there's different levels of risk. Mm -hmm. So there's high risk, there's low risk, there's medium risk. Mm -hmm. If I have your phone number and I don't even know you yet, I can bombard you with unnecessary text information. That's true. That's low risk, but right. it's still exactly. it's still some risk. Let's bring the conversation back. So I just wanted to talk. So the topic is privacy in the cyberspace. Okay, let's break it down, Sam. If you can just tell me what what does this mean? Like if you in a, in a layman's perspective. I think the. The beginning of the whole conversation as to privacy, right, has to begin from what the word privacy means, right? And um, I would have looked it up on the dictionary now to read exactly what the dictionary says privacy is. Okay. But in layman's terms, I believe that privacy is basically things that are private to an individual, okay. right? Okay. And then it goes beyond that when the individual is connected to an organization. Okay. Right. Okay. And or a unit or a group. Or and anything, right? Yeah, and right, it right. sort of like builds up from right, that. Exactly. Right. So anything that can be considered private. Okay. Right. Is encapsulated in privacy. privacy. Right. Right. And there's so many things that could be private. Right. There's identity privacy, which is sort of like the key thing you want to keep private. Mm -hmm. There's um, data privacy. Data privacy. Anything that you generate online that is mm -hmm. digital. Mm -hmm. Right. There's privacy for those things as right, well. Right. And then there's just sort of like relationship privacy, right? Sort of things between two people, exactly. right? Things you want to keep confidential Families, between two, yeah, exactly, exactly two yeah. units or two right, entities, right, right, right. Right, right? So I believe that privacy essentially is anything that is considered private mm -hmm. by the entity that is involved. So let's put it in the context of in terms of cyberspace. So anything that is considered private or any information that one 
should at least have the right to choose if they want to expose or not in the cyber or the, 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 the digital space. That's what we're talking about today, right? Now, Derek, really quickly, why should Kenyans care? Because, I mean, my, my, my auntie who's in the village who uses her, her, her yam, you know, to send home more and stuff, the people who are now getting the smartphone, why exactly should we care? Just to make it, um, just to make it reasonable uh, enough, trying to understand why people should care. It's just because we continually hear, even our government, okay. say we want to go digitize, digitization, mm -hmm. digital Ghana, digital inclusion, connecting the last mile, uh, bridging the digital divide and stuff like that. All these conversations that encompass payments in the world, even in the future that we are entering mm -hmm. into, where today you can just sit in your home and in the comfort of a phone, you can pay your bills, you can buy food, you can you can pay your school fees, stuff like that. It's important because if you do not care and your data is breached, someone will basically provide you risk. And risk can be you can lose your money, okay. you can you can expose your family to danger. Okay. So so in, the, in that same context, it means that to be able to ensure privacy in the cyberspace, you require two entities, i.e. the data subjects, which is all of us sitting in here, and then the data collectors, i.e. The, the institutions that collect our data and, and all those things. Now, it's not even just about the mobile phone, it's about the fact that even if you enter into certain buildings, example, there's one building I've crossed the airport shell, uh, if you enter the building, you are told to write your name, write your name, you write your phone number, you write your email, and then you sign it. They're giving away too much data. So that's where this exposure comes from. Because usually people will be asking, ah, where did you get my number from? Where did it's very easy for your number to be anywhere today. So uh, people need to understand some of these decisions. So that's one part you mean. The data subject needs to understand that you don't give too much information about yourself, but going social provides you risk. That one, it's, it cannot be, it cannot be, it cannot be, uh, there's no qualms about that. So going social provides you risk, but then the service provider or the guys at the end who actually process this data also have a responsibility to let you, the data subject, know what they are using your data for, and then two, what data they are collecting from you. Those two things are very important. I want to provide a quick illustration, okay? So guys, let's just imagine really quickly, that you're in your house, right? you are, let's say you live in Medina or East Lebanon or whatever, and someone opens your door. He doesn't knock, he just opens your door, walks into your house and takes a picture of you and walks out. Think about that. The person doesn't give you a reason, they just take a picture of you and walks out, okay? Another case, someone comes to you and can drop or dump any amount of newspapers or what they just literally walk into your home at any point in time don't ask you any questions right but it's it's almost like you've given them a key no, not that you give them the key they have a key because at some point in time two years ago or three years ago you put you 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 consented to them getting and um, getting a key to your home they enter and they can tell your family your kids anything they want they can give you any amount of information they can use you and say that okay you are part of a group people that I have access to that I can sell <laughs> the, uh, the key that I have taken from you to anyone to anyone else who's buying I, are you getting the picture of how this this system works that is what we're basically doing in the digital space so I just wanted to paint that picture for you now let's talk about the different dimensions of this because 
a lot of people just have me when I when they say data privacy and then I just imagine webcam. People opening my webcam and looking at me and the, you know that's that's what I imagine. But I, I trust that there's a lot more of a lot more dimensions in there than we, we actually know. Can you just kindly share a few? I'll have a few that I can take us through. Okay, I think um Maybe I'll, I'll say one or two things, and then we can we can move the conversation okay. forward. Um, maybe I'll ask this, and just by a show of hands, how many people actually ever read, quote-unquote, terms and conditions? I agree to the following um, license. Yeah, you, you, you want to install a software, or you want to have an account on some service, mm -hmm. and then they give you... And then they give you, they give you the terms and conditions, and they said that agree, or just check a, check a check box. Quotes. To just show that you agree. How many of us usually read it? No one. You, not all the time. Okay. Not all the time. Personally, I don't always read it, but in terms of like detail, like in detail, mm -hmm. right? But I always make sure that I skim through it mm -hmm. to look at like headings and titles, because usually they are the same. Sorry. Usually, it's the same content, right? That is sort of copied and pasted across. Right, and because it's a legal language, it doesn't differ so much from, you know, company to company. Mm -hmm. So when you see some of the headings, right, um, like ex exclusivity or things like um, rights to information or th things along those lines, and you know that this is actually the content. So at least once, make sure that you can actually read everything in there. Mm -hmm. Then for every subsequent one, when you see similar headings, you know the kind of information that is being taken away right, from you, right? right. right. Okay. And I think that comes back into the question you were asking, because sometimes you have to know like what information you're putting out there. Unfortunately, on the technical side of things, not every information that about us that is out there mm -hmm. is what we know of, yes. right? Because there are things called, for example, cookies, right, on web pages that are informations about yourself and the device that you're using to access the information that you don't see, right? But because of some data protection um, regulations that are not necessarily Ghanaian specific, right? But are sort of like internationally accepted, you would usually find some website saying that once you are visiting this website, we are using cookies and you have to agree. There's not even a cancel button, right? You just have to say, okay. Right, and I believe that having knowledge of some of these things actually help in knowing how we navigate the digital space. Let me just bring this, so just really quickly, okay. So uh, in terms of the dimensions that we're looking at, um, some, some people in the audience shared, okay, so there's things about phone security, okay, um, and the depth of, of that, how much access that you're providing to the world or to the digital community through your phone. There's things about facial recognition. How, like where, like where is this going? What are people doing? What, what should we know about these things? There's things about emails. How, how easy is it for an external person to be able to access some of these things? So this, like, if we can just share some insights on some of these aspects. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Derek. Um, you mean you mean regards to? Yeah. So, what? What are some of the things that go into these different dimensions in terms of privacy and cybersecurity? Like, so in terms of like emailing, what should we know every time we send an email, we set up an account? Um, in terms of facial recognition, people putting their faces on their, their phones to be able to... Okay, work. I think I, I'll, I, I'll just remodel your question okay. slightly. So, yes. you know the, the Russian president, okay. uh, Putin, yes. 
even he uses a typewriter. What? Yeah, to date. He uses a typewriter and he avoids a mobile phone. So you might probably catch him with, with regards to the Russian official Right, right. But he doesn't carry a mobile phone and he types his letters with the typewriter himself. Wow. Yeah. That's how personal he takes these things. So that should just give you a sense of how somebody can go all lengths to just ensure that he's not exposed in any, in any way. So he reduces minimal like risk. So in, I just wanted to bring that in so that you can understand what this mm. means because I, 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 I asked a question earlier that do you agree that you are exposed by virtue of the fact that you carry a mobile phone? Mobile phone. So the last time, I think there was also a picture, I think three years ago, there was a picture that Mark Zuckerberg took, the Facebook uh, CEO took a picture, and there was a MacBook in front of him, and he had taped the webcam, uh, the webcam on the laptop, he had put a black tape to cover the camera part of the webcam, and people were, that actually became the center stage of discussion, that and why did he cover the camera, camera yeah, with a black yeah. tape, and then there was all this exposure that, you know that people can actually remotely have access to your laptop, and without you even providing that access. Yeah. All that conversation now led to the fact that then we got to know that apparently Google was actually also carrying information of people who actually have Gmail. If you have a Gmail today, Google collects information oh, about location data. Since the day you created your Google ID. Unless you're sorry. Unless you're paying for it. If it isn't like G Suite, then there's yeah. like a different agreement you have with Google. Exactly. But if it's just normal Gmail. Normal Gmail. Yeah. And how many people use G Suite? Come on, if we start doing that test, I don't think we'll get more than 2% of that who use G Suite. Now, the point here is, they collect data, and it's not just common data, it's the data that shows you locations. So, I decided to take the time someday to just say, let me go and see what these guys have about me. So, as of about 2014, it, there's data there that shows places I have been. Since 2014? Well, actually, it goes way back, I think, because I, I, I was in Gmail in 2007 or so. Wow. But the data right from there. But as of 2014, it got very personal. I started seeing places I'd been, and I was even telling a friend that if my wife should see this data, I'm there. <laughs> and that's the kind of exposure. So it's like you go somewhere, because sometimes even I'm connected my vehicle, like I have I'm connected my vehicle to my car, and when I walk away from the car, sometimes it tells me where the, the car is. Yeah, yeah. Or when the car is moved and it's parked again somewhere, and it's not me. Get that information it's nice i love it but i didn't ask for it yeah. but i get that service yeah. just because i'm online but it's the fact that if we decide once we choose to go social or we choose to play on the cyberspace we expose ourselves to all sorts of things so it's really about the data subjects being us being cautious of what we do so a practical example also like the cambridge analytica story and uh, how many of you heard about cambridge analytica i'm sure the name came up uh, the exposure okay. that happened because Facebook gave access to a third-party company. So sometimes you be on Facebook, you see like uh, applications that says that uh, run your ad or your profile through this thing, and then they will tell you maybe you look like 44 years, you look like 62 yeah, years, yeah. and then you'll be doing it, then you'll be sharing, then your friends will be doing it. So Cambridge Analytica, Analytica is a company that got a third-party uh, support access, integrated with Facebook, and was able to provide U.S. Uh, citizens with like some of these... Uh, games and stuff on, on Facebook. Now over the period, what they were able to do is they, they were able to collect 5,000 data points on every American citizen. In fact, and I'm even learning that they're the same for, they've done something like that for Ghana as well. Now, they had 5,000 data points on every, every American citizen. Now, when they say data points, it, it's data points simply is, is if it's you, sorry, what's your name? 
Aram. So if it's Aram, they have Aram's profile account. They tell what your influ what influences uh, your your interests, interest? your your personality. All these things form that those data points, and they are able to direct campaign messages to you. So they know that hmm, this guy, the way he thinks, based on the five thousand data points, they're able to mine the data to tell who you would likely vote for, yeah. and they categorize each and every voter and they target information to the voter. So there's a time that if you read the story very well. Uh, Trump's campaign was spending $1 million every day for advertising on Facebook. $1 million. $1 million. Like three months before the election, they were spending like $1 million. And you might think that, ah, why are you trading away all this money when you can get people to share? No, they know exactly what they were doing. So you wake up in the morning, sometimes you talk about watches, or you go look for a watch on your web page. The next moment you go on Facebook, you start seeing sponsored watches. And it's honestly, I've seen that. So these are algorithms. Yes. These are algorithms that have been built in the in the platform, and it's been built for so companies that get the access to get their their their, their products targeted to you pay some money to Facebook yeah. because it's direct. So they call it like direct call, direct marketing and stuff like that. But it's been used by Cambridge Analytica to inform voting. So people wake up in the morning and all you see on your timeline is Hillary is a crook. Hillary is a crook. And so you are just, just you are just waiting for the day to vote. But before you vote, you know Hillary is a crook. So now there's an issue about is this legal? Is this illegal? And this is how, uh, the, in the case of the U.S. voting, people's data were, was used to influence them, including even third-party accounts that was created in Russia. You know that case that they've been tackling, where third-party hundreds and thousands of them were created in Russia. And we're, we're adding up people and the fact for me or the main the main issue for me is exposure does not necessarily come from you it could come from your friend so in the case of other people who were not even active on facebook you are getting exposed just because aaron probably is my facebook friend and, and so maybe i take a picture of me at the beach and i'm like charlie aaron come see this tilapia then they pick Aram because they're able to pick Aram and then they link it and they build, start building their linkages. That's how dangerous this thing is. I was telling you about the fact that two days ago, Nigeria is going after True Caller. Yes. And I'm sure all of you know True Caller. And I'm sure sometimes you ask yourself, ah, how did True Caller get my number? I've not entered my name. <laughs> I've not entered any details in there. So now what we're beginning to understand is that True Caller, even if um, uh, my friend here has True Caller and he has my name in his contact list. There's thousands of so he could have like a thousand name, names in his, in his, in his phone contact, uh, phone book or something on his phone. But just because of, he has True Caller, because I'm his friend on, on his phone book, True Caller gets access to that, those data, that database and is able to link my name that I from him. And that's how come if you call me now, then you start seeing people ask, you, how did you, how did you get, I'm not, I'm not done True Caller, how did you get my name? Yeah. So that's the level of exposure. So even third parties can provide us risk. I'm sure a couple of weeks ago, months ago, to when we got to know about face app. And then people were doing this face app thing yeah. that you put your face in and they'll make you look like, how do you look like in 60 years? And people's face, gray hair and stuff, and everybody was doing it. And then I think so. because it came from a Russian company, then there was a spin from the, you know, the Judas geopolitical media space thing. And they started saying that it's a Russian company, you're going to use your data. I, I, start, I started laughing when people were scared because I was like, your picture is all over Facebook. Anyway. If anybody wants your picture, they can get it. But I understand they had about 150 million faces just like in a very short period of yeah. time that sure people offered like that information willingly. Anyway.
on the internet or your not you but if your device exists on the internet or is connected to the internet right Very there precise. are a lot of other devices in that network right in order for your device to be found so that data that you're looking for can be sent to you, yeah. right? Where the data is coming from has to know where it is going, right? And the IP address is basically a pointer to right, the device, right, 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 right. right? And there's a MAC address which is different. The MAC address is basically more or less like an identity for the device itself. And every device is unique, right? Your address can change. Like you can live here today and then tomorrow you live in Kaswa. Yeah. But your name doesn't change. You get that? So, so MAC, your yeah. MAC address is basically sort of like a name for the device, which is very specific to the device. But the IP address is sort of like a location um, pointer of sorts. Okay. Just, just, just to touch on to that. And so I just, I just did my right now, because usually it wasn't the one I just checked. So my, my IP address right now says what, 154? Point. 1.1605.230. Everybody has that. You're, you're entering on, online with something. And it, you see, because of the way technology is going, it can be mined in such a way that before you know, people can actually tell exactly even your location. Yeah. Even from using mobile phones today, we, we are the guy, we the guys in the, in the mobile industry can tell the closest cell sites that you are on. So wow. in a typical example, let's say if I'm trying to, if we're trying to help the police tackle a crime case, and then we get Sydney's number. Right now, they'll say Sydney is within Accra Mall, um, Jomulu, Enclave, because of the cell site that your phone is talking right, to right now. Right, right. Then when you want to bring it directly to the Accra Mall, then you need uh, devices like locators and stuff. Yeah. that Those are expensive to use. They'll, they'll bring you directly to this room yeah. before we can catch you. So it, everybody is exposed. That one, we cannot, we cannot run away from it. Right. It's, for me, the bigger conversation or the bigger takeaway from this discussion we are having is, how do we educate ourselves to understand the level of risk that we, 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 we are exposed to and then that we also create for ourselves just because we've decided to go online. All this slaying and picture taking and uh, facial rabbits and things, we are give, we're giving away data. I'm at a cram I'm eating rice. You're giving away information. <laughs> so it's it's the kind of exposure. And we do it because we think it's fun, it's exciting. But somebody just sitting at the back, just laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. Because even today with AI, I, I like where you're taking the conversation to with the likes of AI and big data. Yeah. Uh, people are in the future, trust me, you enter a shop like let's say Macy's or or, or or, or Mr. Price, Mr. Price, or maybe even Telefonica, and you see um, a screen that probably would say uh, maybe uh, Calvin Klein jeans over here. Just because, because they already know. Just because they know exactly who you are and who, what your interests are. Or you close work, you are going home, you get a text message, A1 bread on this side of the street. <laughs> because they know you like bread. Yes. And they know the kind of bread that you you are interested in. So that's where we're going. Now, okay. So I was going to push the conversation towards um, the idea of um, privacy rights versus privacy law, but I wouldn't go too deep into that. So what that conversation was basically be, um, um, going to push was that, do you have the right to be private like in the world? That's actually like a, a big question around the world that as a citizen of a country, do you have the right to say, 
you don't want anybody to know anything about you. That's something that, let me just pose that question. Uh, so let me take it in, so that he doesn't yeah. say my answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point for me is that the internet itself was built on anonymity. It was built on anonymity. Exactly. It was built on anonymity. It was supposed to provide free speech. That's how come it's, it's an interconnected web of uh, servers and stuff like that. So it's, it's supposed to provide you certain levels of uh, protection. Oh, yes. Um, so now we're having conversations around censor, uh, uh, speech online, yes, 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 yes. And, and, and all those things. But the point here is we are entering into a space where we need, the education needs to go far, which is the fact that the fact that you're on Facebook does not mean that Facebook can just take your data and do what they like. That's what so you have the right to privacy everybody, as a person. Every data subject has data rights. Once we are all providing data to a particular platform, even if it's the mobile operators, for example, if you are if you're a customer of MTN, MTN has to respect your rights. Mm. MTN has to protect those rights. So usually I hear people say, ah, some insurance company is calling me, is it MTN that's given? No, it's not MTN. It's not easy to get your data, that one day I can tell you, but it's not MTN because right. probably it's a multinational, it right. will not go through that route. Right. But the point is, if you are a customer of, let's say, Ethel Tigo, Ethel Tigo has to protect your data. But so, uh, let me just push this up. So who is, who is, so for example, like the way I can't walk up to you and slap you, because I will, the police will come for me, you know, like who is protecting these privacy, privacy rights that you're talking about? Because I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it anywhere. You know, when, when we talk about, let's say, human rights and things like that, I mean, I know I have right to association, right to free speech, things like that. But I don't see rights to being private as something that is being told to me, even from a young age, like letting kids know that at age 10, they have the right to, let's say, like it's almost like you have the right to not let anybody look at you naked, like things like that, you understand? Who is protecting these rights? I'll, I'll basically just encapsulate all of that and say there are data protection agencies that are governmental. In right? Ghana? There is one in Ghana, yes. Okay. Almost every country, I can't say for every country because I don't know every country in the world, right. but I believe almost every country in the world has a data protection agency. agency. Okay. Right. That is responsible for protecting the data subjects that are citizens of that country. Mm. Right. And in, in, in Europe, for example, there's a GDPR yeah. um, law, which basically means that, um, or if, I wouldn't say what it means, but essentially, if you're a European citizen, Right, your data rights are protected right. by, not by the EU, yeah. right? Regardless of whether you're in Europe or not, or not, right? So if a European comes to do business with me, you have I have to, to comply with the GDPR to make sure that my dealings with them are in line with compliance for GDPR. Does Ghana have something like that? I don't, I don't know the extent of that coverage, whether it goes beyond the borders of Ghana, but we do have data privacy. We have a data privacy. Privacy um, laws okay. there, yeah. Okay, that's something I think, yeah. So in touching on that, I, so Ghana has, Ghana has a um, data protection commission. Okay. Uh, and they have laws, and um, it's not pretty different from what you see in, in almost every country that has mm -hmm. a data protection. In fact, they even had the first African data protection commission meeting, some, I think, two, two or three months ago. Okay. Um, now, the point here is, 
even for good corporate entities, I've had conversations with Facebook leadership <laughs> where they've been trying to understand what Ghana's laws are so that they probably ensure line that they in line. So yeah. probably what Facebook might be doing in Ghana, if they realize that you have a serious data protection commission unit, they might not do certain things that probably they might do maybe in another country, country that may be Mauritius yeah, or something that might not be too strict, on, the law, strict yeah. on, on, on those laws. So it's important that even our government, so yeah. we have government, policy makers, um, service providers, ensuring that they protect citizens because it's a new, it's even in Europe, it's at its nascent stage. It's a very fresh conversation. Yeah. Cambridge Analytica took everybody by surprise. So it's now that people are beginning to advocate that data subjects need to have their data rights protected because up until then, everybody thinks that, oh, if you post your picture on Facebook, it's gone. So if it's gone, we can all use it, we can mime it. People take people's pictures, make caricature out of them and use it to kid and stuff yeah. like that. There are supposed to be rules that are supposed to govern all those, uh, yeah. those uh, technical issues. He talked about GDPR. And funny enough, GDPR, what we call GDPR, is like a general data protection regulation. Right. Uh, I think 2016, 679 or something. Right. That's like the, the best, uh, it's like the best privacy law till date in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so most countries are leveraging even that law today to be able to because it. it can bite very well. It can, it's, it's the only, day, I think the, the highest fine so far has been to British Airways or so. And it's, it's I'm talking millions. It would hit you very hard. So it's like, because the EU states have all adapted it, yeah. and it's, it's run it at strength. the EU. So that the, I usually would ask questions on social media. What is our African Union doing? Because so, these are things that you would expect probably the EU to step up to the plate yeah, and say we are working. also putting together a law, just glean from, Charlie, look at their law, still the most important part. If I know it is still, like I said, just paraphrase adapt the most it, yeah. And adapt it, just don't just build a new ship, just adapt one. Yeah. And ensure that we have one that equally can buy for the African market because you see, finally, because we are entering into when I talk about the future and the future which exposes all of us, it's also that same future that it's also taking revenue away from countries. So today, you see, there are also conversations being had in the EU about the fact that Facebook made a lot of billions and the money is being captured in America because today I can buy things in Amazon and my government doesn't get a dime. So there are all these conversations that you require. The, the likes of the AU yeah. to be seen playing active roles so that they're not taken by surprise. You wake up in the morning and all the shillings and the nairas and the cities uh, yeah. have been shipped off into the US. Yeah. So that's where the conversation is headed. Okay, we, we're going to have to close the conversation uh, due to time, but uh, let's just get these final the final remarks from um, each of the speakers. And if I'll take two questions or two comments from the audience before we close up. Now, I watched, I'm an Avengers fan. Okay. Who here watches Avengers? Yeah? Oh, nice. I love it. Yeah, okay. So, who watched, um, was it Captain America? The the one where there was a, uh, there were these, there were three large ships in the, that were launched into the air with a lot of guns, right? Basically, I don't know if you remember the story, but then, so there was a, a software system that could pin um, all the people in the world would disagree with a specific policy in the future, not now. So, for example, if let's say um, our president said, "I need everybody to start liking," I don't know, um, obviously all food, right? Now, I can map out based on the data on the internet everybody who will not like food 
like let's say, or who could possibly stand like the food in a few years, not even now, based on the information that I have. And in Avengers, we're going to kill all of them so that you rid the world of possible people who will not align with the field. I hope you guys are getting, are getting the picture. It's, oh, you, you, you missed it. Oh, sorry. So we're talking about the, the, the Captain America movie where they, there, were, there were three ships launched into the air and basically they were, they were built on a software which would pin people's behaviors based on the person who controls the software wants certain people in the world. Okay, so I want people who are um, maybe in the future, they would like to wear white, they want to buy Nikes, they want to get it. Anybody who is not, I want to kill them off. You understand? Because I want my world a certain way. You, I hope that is painting the picture for you. Now, I know it's not going to, hopefully, it's going to be as extreme in any case. But that is the kind of information that we are giving out there. Because these people who are collecting the, this data, all this data, on from our level, on the country level, to the global level, all have the access and ability to, firstly, identify who you are now, who you are going to be, who you've been in the past, one then influence your behavior because there's a lot of things that have to do with manipulation that we don't know you know like things like uh, um, this kind of advertising where they put things in the adverts that you don't see they, it's like less than a fraction of a second but let's say even even things concerning uh, like if maybe it's a drink or food they can put things concerning sexual connotations like in the advert without you but your brain picks it up that increases your you know things concerning influence these are just some of the things that we, we, we have to think about as to where the world is going. And you're not going to wait 15 years and 20 years after you have literally fed your whole life. And then these things start affecting you and your children, you can't do anything about. So that's just what I want to share. What about you guys? Any closing remarks? What should people know? What should people take away from this conversation? Okay, um, so let me, let me, before he says what I wanted to say, let me say. <laughs> so, um, so I think that in summary, what we've said here is that uh, today we are data subjects. And everybody sitting in this room, I've seen people now holding phones, taking pictures. My rights are going away. Technically, they're exposing me. That's what we've been saying all along. <laughs> technically, they're exposing me. But you didn't ask me before you took my image. But I'm sure by now you send it to some boyfriend in Europe and say, oh, there are some guys sitting here talking about privacy. So technically we are all exposed so now when i ask you that do you believe that you are exposed how many people believe that they are exposed yes there we go good no, now that's we have a good number yes, of people exactly. who so but before we started people thought they were fine so it's not even about the fact that it's, it's not even about what you do but it's also about what people do that exposes you so increasingly for me i come from the mobile industry yeah uh, we are in a world where we have about seven, a little over seven billion people. Oh, yes. And today, close to 50, 55%, over four billion plus people are connected to mobile networks. So that's a lot of people. So uh, there's a lot of data running all over. Yes. So on our, on our part, we need to respect customers. We need to respect the data we are collecting. Even our friends and stuff like that, yeah. So that's how come when you're in a country where uh, uh, people or your government is saying that we want to connect, connect, and you are fighting with the telcos. We want to connect because we want to monitor if you are taking revenue. You see, if your revenue is way far away from people's normal data, you can you can see revenue without seeing uh, which girl I'm talking to. So that's example. That's an example. But I think the issue here is we need to be able to imbibe trust 
in the services that we provide. Okay. So that's the headache that we have as mobile in the, as the mobile industry because of uh, things like um, mobile money today. People get calls. I know that that's going to come up in the questions. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it up. People are going to say that we get calls. Somebody says that sending my money and all those things. How did they get my money? Fraud and things like that. Like for, so for, you're, you're, you're providing services on top of new and as new associated mm. technologies that exposes the customer to so many new things. And so you want to be able to build trust. In Ghana today, I said one of the things that is is creating this whole problem is just because we do not have a national database, ID database. Mm. If today we stopped all this politicking, and for the, for the want of a better word, all this nonsense, and we go seriously tackle the issue of ID, so that we can tell that Sydney is here, Derek is here, my brother is here, Aram is there, and we know everybody in this country. It would help even us, it will help banks, because for me in the industry, I want to be able to verify every single Ghanaian on my network. So that if Sydney comes and says that Aram called me with this you number, exactly. or this number called me, I said this number is for Aram. Aram stays here. We pick Aram. It helps with crime. It helps, it helps with crime. It helps with it, it helps create that kind of trust that we want to see. But before we get there, because for me, I sell SIM cards and I sell them by the truck room. So um, if you come to me with a, an ID and you say this is because right now you can you can take a SIM card with a driver's license. Passport, health insurance, and oh, so Sydney is no far. I think there are about five. Ghana card, which really doesn't exist yet for everybody. Ghana card, and then the last one I think is uh, voters or something. Yes. So all these cards, it's only the Ghana card that is mandatory. Because where I can be a citizen, I don't want a passport. I'm not traveling anywhere. I'm poor. I don't like health insurance. I like herbs. I'm not going to any hospital. I'm not voting. It's a choice. It's a constitutional right, but it's a choice. I don't want to vote. And then also the other one, health insurance. off the grid. So it's really the only thing that is mandatory is the Ghana card, and that's how come it's something that is very dear to my heart. Right. Because if we do it seriously and we, we tackle everybody in this country, all the government needs to do is um, all mobile operators in the country. We are giving you one year or nine months. Ensure that you verify every yes. number on your network against. Does that country. help with the privacy issue? It would tackle and. From where I sit, from where I sit in my day-to-day -day business, it will tackle 90% of all the challenges we have. Even though in, I say 90% because there's still a gap. Example, in cases like Mexico, where people can even be identified, with, I can steal your phone and go and commit a crime. <laughs> and throw the phone and go and right. So it can tackle, but it tackle it to a large extent. extent. And it would also enhance the kind of trust that we want to see. What I wanted to so so what can I do today after so, this conversation just to help so, me with this so, privacy issue? Yeah. Super. So so that's from the, the service provider side. But what you can do today, now you appreciate the fact that you are exposed. Yes. And I talked about true call line. I said that even if he has true call line yes. I'm on his phone, I'm on his phone book, I'm exposed because true call is taking data from all everybody in your phone phone yeah. list. So I think that from from your part, what you can do is you can limit the exposure. Limiting the exposure means that even if you want to make a post, it needs to be measured. There's so much recklessness on social media. The last time the American embassy, US embassy said that going forward, they're going to use people's Facebook, uh, social media as part of the vetting process for the vetting process to get you a visa. And people are complaining. Even companies are using it today to do employment. To of course. Because I don't want to bring you in. When you are all radicalized, I'll kill you, I'll eat you up. I'm not the cannibal coming to work in my company. So. 
People need to be measured in the kind of things that they mm. do online. Being measured equally means that it means that you also need to play a part in safeguarding your friends. You can't come and take a picture of your friends and run or hey we are here, we are at a crammo, chilling, chilling, and you ask hashtag, 50 hashtags, and then you think it's cool. You are exposing your security. And probably you might think you don't have any money, but maybe that picture you took, I might be sitting there, you don't know who is looking for me. So we need to be measured. And in being measured, it means that we should limit the kind of exposure. Already we are exposed, so we can limit the exposure that we, yes. we give ourselves based on what we do on social networks. Yes. And then finally, the devices that we acquire. You don't walk by Shell. In front of Shell right now, there's a guy standing there holding bags. Then you're going there, iPhone that iPhone 11, you sell it for you right now for 300 cities. What kind of iPhone, iPhone is that? Yeah. So these are all substandard devices, um, cheap handsets, cheap devices, no, people would acquire them. Yeah. And these things, when you acquire them, before, beyond even the health implications, it has security implications for you. Because for all you know, Charlie, it's a device that has been cloned from China. Because of the way the world is going today, you don't even need to send spies like they used to send assassins and spies mm -hmm. in the past. Somebody just needs to just develop a product, ship it into your market, you can yeah, people buy it, and we know what you are thinking. And finally, before I go, I was talking about the fact that I said Cambridge Analytica took some data points from, yeah. from Ghana as well. You know before the 2016 election, there was a report, there was an 84-page report that showed who was going to win the election and which regions each party will win. And it was spot on because NBC got two particular regions and it, it chose those regions. And then also, uh, sorry, NBC got those two regions and then NPP got those eight regions. And it's just because they take those, that, those that data and just interactions between people across the regions, and they could tell which they did a way they did a weighted kind of a, an analysis to tell who these comments were going in favor of or against. Wow! And so before I think two days of meetings, that report should be that I should share with you, and they will tell you exactly who's going. And that's that's what I mean by the kind of a, you you you. And that's how come today, in every social, every every celebrity, every every. National party or political party wants to be online because that's really where the conversations are being held. So we just need to limit our exposure, and we should be fine. But it's a it's a it's a requirement from government, ourselves, policymakers, uh, the media, everybody. Everybody needs to come together for us to be able to build those foundations that provide us a safer access online. Yeah, thank you. So, don't really need to add any more. <laughs> What um, can I do? What should you just give me the advice? What can I do from today after this conversation? I think if if it exists online, it's public. Right. So long as it exists online, and I'm saying it's public not because everybody knows, but because someone else besides yourself knows. Yeah. Right. At the very least, the person who is providing you the service that you are trying to access knows. knows. You get it. And what they do with it, you really don't know except for the terms and conditions and that they show you, right? As to whether they breach it or not, you really don't know. Until maybe someone investigates, they find out and they come and tell you, oh, passwords from this particular company have been hacked and etc. etc. Unless something like that is discovered, you may never know. Yeah. Right. And I'll just say that if you want to protect yourself, right, the the best way is to quote unquote share less. Right, especially with like social networks, right? Because that's what we do most of our sharing and most of our giving out of information, right? And be specific about what you put out there. Because not only is the systems that provide these services 
able to analyze it for whatever reason. And of course, it's free services, right? So whoever is going to pay them is the person that they will analyze it for, especially advertisers, right? So you want to be careful how your data is actually put out there. You, you go to um, a restaurant to eat, you take a picture. Cool, keep the memory. Or you share it online and then all kinds of things are immediately exposed because if you take a picture, right, it's not just the, the pixels in the image that is captured, right? Where you took the picture is captured. The device that was used to take the picture is captured. If you've signed into your account on your phone, for example, right, the account that was signed in when the picture was taken is noted, and all of these things are called metadata, right? And that is why you could have a picture that should generally maybe be about one megabyte, right? And then it's a little bigger than that because it's taking a lot more information than just the thing in that small frame, right? right? So we have to be more conscious about what we do. It is great that we have all these things, and by virtue of using them, we are simply saying that we want this data to exist, right? If I don't take the picture, that information does not exist. If I don't make that social media post, it does not exist. And I don't know if this happens yet, right? But how many of us have ever thought about the fact that if I go to Facebook, for instance, and I'm only mentioning Facebook because it's, it's the most popular one that almost everybody uses, right? And they ask you, um, what are you up to? And then you start typing something, right? But you don't actually post it. How many of us have actually thought about the fact that Facebook might be keeping track of what I typed, even though I didn't post it? Because there's something called keystrokes. Anything you type can be recorded, whether you actually hit the send button or not. Right. That's why, for example, if you're on WhatsApp, for example, and then you type a message, you don't send it, you leave that particular chat and you come back, you close WhatsApp, you close WhatsApp and you open it, that message is still on that person's chat and you can actually finish it, finish it and send it. Right? It's actually saved somewhere, maybe on your device, maybe on their servers, somewhere. Right? So I think that we have to be more diligent about and, and more conscious about the actions we take when it comes to exposing like things about ourselves. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, before we began, I saw some people taking pictures. I don't know whether they were videos or pictures, but I saw the phones up. Very likely there were cameras on and whatnot, right? If I said that, kindly turn that phone off or put the phone down, or at the very least, lower your phone so that I'm not in the frame of the camera's direction, I have every right to demand that because I'm in the direction of exposing myself exactly. to your device. You get that. However, if I don't make any comments like that, like I didn't, then it means that whatever information you captured, whatever information you captured, you have the ability to do with it what you want. Unless, of course, I walk to you and I say that if you captured it, delete it, then at that point as well, you have to, because I have to my data. You get it. At the very least, it was my face in there, which is my own. Right? I, no, it's, it's that serious because you can actually be sued for something like that yeah. if you go against someone's rights to privacy. Right. You get it. And there are so many repercussions and consequences right. for these things that we sometimes take for granted because usually you have an issue with a particular institution and you say that to be a long case, let me just forget about it. Yeah. yeah. Right? But people who actually take this serious sometimes end up actually winning Maybe. hundreds of thousands and sometimes even millions. 
of dollars for cases like that. And I think we just have to be more conscious about what we put out there and be aware. And I think it's a good thing that we are sharing these things so that at least more people know about the kinds of things mm -hmm. that we put out there just by reason of turning the phone on. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Guys, um, this has been an amazing conversation. We'd just like to thank Sam. Pardon? Q&A. No, so because of time, I would want anyone with questions to just approach the um, the, the speakers or the panelists right after the session because we do have to close for other uh, stuff. I really apologize for that. But guys, it's been amazing having a chat with you. We thank you. Can we just remember this with a round of applause? <laughs> I'm a man, 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 I'm a